Please listen carefully. Welcome to Autism in the Wild, the show that talks about what it's really like living with autism. Here are your hosts, Noah and Chris. All right, welcome back to another episode of Autism in the Wild. I'm Chris. And I'm Noah. And we have a special guest today, one of our favorite people. Her name is Noah. Um, take, take it away. This is... Wow. Who is This it, is Noah? favorite person called Greta Berghammer. And I'm with two of my favorite people. It was a joy when I met this family and got to know uh, Noah and both of his brothers um, as well as his parents. So Greta... Tell the fine people a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background. Well, I um, am a professor of theater at the University of Northern Iowa, a job that I have held and enjoyed since 1984. My area of theater is youth theater and drama education. And when people look at me with that sort of deer in headlight look, what does that mean? Um, I go on to explain that what it means is that I prepare the next generation of theater artists who want to work specifically with young people, helping young people access theater by participating in it or participate in theater as an audience member through the work that they produce for audiences of, of kids. The other population that I work with are individuals who are training to be teachers. Most of the time, those are individuals who want to teach somewhere between kindergarten and high school. They want to do some theater work. What I love about my job, and I tell people this all the time, is that on any day and any week, I have the potential to work with a population that ranges in ages from three and four-year-olds all the way up to adults, college students, mm-hmm. and everything in between. Because in addition to teaching my university classes, I try to stay really active working with young people themselves, either through my Spectrum Theater Program, through my Sturgis Youth Theater Program, mm-hmm. or working in classrooms. Great. So now maybe you can talk uh, about how you met Greta. So a family friend was like, hey, you should try this thing, the Spectrum Theater thing out. I remember, this is... A good number of years ago at this point. Yeah, I think it was about four years ago, wasn't it? Four or four five? Four or five? Yeah, so, maybe yeah, five even. Probably. You were a little guy then. Yeah, for sure. So I tried that So I tried that out, and I'm, and the main person in charge is this crazy woman named Greta, and I was like, okay, this is, this is actually pretty enjoyable. So I kept with it, and I started doing more theater things with Sturgis Youth Theater that she's doing right now, and things like that, and I've gotten... That alongside music is one of the reasons why I've kind of become more of a social person, not more of like stuck in my shell for the past 10, 12 years or anything like that. So I can attribute a lot of that to her. So you started out at the Spectrum Theater, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you guys can define, let people know what Spectrum Theater is, and you also have talked about the Spectrum Youth Theater. Mm-hmm. So those are two different things. Maybe you can explain a little bit what the differences are. Well, the Sturgis Youth Theater was the first theater program that I founded. It was your basic theater program for young people between the ages of 4 and 18. 
It offers classes, it offers opportunities to be in a production, Mm -hmm. and it also is an umbrella company connected to the Department of Theater at UNI, and in collaboration with the university, we produce plays that we want young people and their families to come and see. In 2010, I was doing an after-school workshop in Evansdale, Iowa, and there was a young man in that workshop named Jonathan. He's about 12 years old at the time. And I noticed behaviors that he was exhibiting that I really hadn't seen before. I mean, yes, I've always seen students who have been low risk takers. I have seen students, I've worked with students who um, use language in a sparingly fashion. Um, but, But there was a whole cluster of stuff, all right? And I took the time to ask his mother when she came to pick him up if there was, she could tell me a little bit about Mm -hmm. Jonathan. And she told me that, well, yeah, she would love to tell me something about Jonathan. Jonathan was autistic. And I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to be better prepared next week. So I went and did what every good university professional does. I went to do some research on autism Mm -hmm. and the theater. I could find some information about autism. I could find nothing about using theater or drama with young people with autism, Mm -hmm. nothing. I mean, nothing. The only thing I could find was a reference to Carol Gray's social uh, uh, social stories, Mm -hmm. all right, and using story format to help prepare young people with autism for an event that was different from something they had already learned. And I thought, okay, I I need to fill this gap. And Spectrum Theater was born. It was, at that time, it was my approach to using drama and theater to best support young people on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And initially, it was Spectrum-specific, just Mm -hmm. young people with autism, sometimes they could bring they would bring a sibling along, but it you know came to that program. It was just for them. And over the years, as I have gotten um, more knowledgeable mm-hmm. and um, have broadened my skill set, as the world has kind of caught up a little bit here, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of um, how we think about educating and including young people with differing abilities, the mm-hmm. program has gone. Um, much more inclusive. So now Spectrum Theater and Sturgis Youth Theater do almost everything in partnership. Mm-hmm. So what, what did you what did you know about autism when you met Jonathan at the time? I knew nothing. I knew nothing other than I had heard the word. Mm-hmm. And in the examples that I had seen in my graduate work, they, um, the, the young people that I, and this was videotape. I mean, this wasn't even the real deal, okay? Um, we're not using language the same way that, um, you know, the three of us are using language right mm-hmm. now, having a discussion. And um, also used a lot of repetitive motions and behaviors mm-hmm. to center themselves. Mm-hmm. That was it. Mm-hmm. That was it. And... You know, at the time, now keep in mind to your listening audience here, I'm old, all right? So I was doing graduate school. I was in graduate school between 1980 and 1983. And the way that I was prepared to work with young people with special needs is not best practices currently. It was isolated. 
mm-hmm. it was um, it was isolated. I mean, you worked with that population by themselves, and there was no inclusion. And the premise at the time was, well, make your lesson or build your drama activities that you want to do, and then figure out how you could modify something for this particular population. Mm-hmm. And um, so it didn't start with, it started with me at the center and what I wanted to do. And the population was secondary. Mm-hmm. It's all different now. It is all different. And my initial collaboration with Jonathan is is largely at the source of, of that change in how I work and um, has fed very nicely into the whole field. Cool. That's cool. I, I, I actually saw the story online when I was doing some research. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. So when it comes to Spectrum Theater, mm-hmm. did you have a model to follow, or did you just, did you just kind of make it up as I you I had went? nothing. I had nothing. I had absolutely nothing. I had to create the model. Mm-hmm. So what I did, Chris, is I did um, some reading about autism, I, mm-hmm. I, what I could find, all right? And I needed to find things that I could read that were accessible to me as somebody who wasn't a medical professional and who wasn't a parent of a young person with autism, mm-hmm. all right? And then I be, and, and what I largely found were descriptions of what at the time they were calling profile marker behaviors, All right? The behaviors that um, had been identified as being associated with receiving a diagnosis of being autistic, mm-hmm. all right? And I thought about those profile marker behaviors and I thought, okay, of the, the ones that I'm, are coming up most often in my research... I'm curious about how drama and theater can support those behaviors. And I got a grant, and I set out to begin to experiment which elements of drama and theater were going to provide the best support. So imagine that I'm sitting down, and on one side of my desk, I've got a list of some of of the profile marker behaviors that I was running across most often in my research. Repetitive motions and movements, fixation on a certain object or topic, um, using words all the time, all right, Mm -hmm. using words not so much of the time, making no eye contact, making eye contact but having no intuitive sense of how close to be to somebody physically Mm -hmm. before you're invading their personal space, all right? Not always understanding metaphor or simile. So it sounds like you're describing our kids. Did you get (laughs) like a secret list? I'm describing a lot of kids, all right, as we know. And, and, you know, that was the beauty and also a little bit of the the scary part about working with a young person on the autism spectrum. Because every piece of research I read said, if you know one young person on the autism spectrum, you know one person. Mm-hmm. All right? Everyone but I felt that if I had some of these common denominator things, it was yeah. a place to start. Then I thought about, okay, so here are the five basic elements of drama and theater. Using our senses, moving, communicating without language. We call it pantomime. Okay. Creating characters um, and putting them into a story. And role-playing. Boom. All right. So we're, which of these things that we do in drama and theater best support these kinds of behaviors? Well, 
you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out, okay, if someone isn't using language with a frequency or the same way that, you know, I am in my everyday life, then maybe pantomime is the way to go. If students on the autism spectrum are um, highly, acutely sensory aware, how can we use that awareness to foster discovery and curiosity and exploration? So I just started putting those things together to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so and that was helping me identify what was going to work and what wasn't. And along the way, what I learned from the young people I worked with was how to um, structure and lead and manage a drama session because it mm-hmm. had to be much more, um, there, there had to be clear boundaries and a very well-defined sequence or schedule to what was going to happen. Right. Yeah. It, so that's completely changed the way that I talk. Completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh. not 180. I mean, like 360 degrees, like a revolving door. You know, I'm just kind of spinning. And I made a lot of mistakes. I still do make mistakes along the way where I think this will work and it just, it doesn't. But I learned so much in that first year, so much. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things when I hear you talk about that is you, you were willing to take risks and willing to try things knowing that they may or may not work. And a lot of times I think uh, parents may not want to take a risk with their child just because they don't know how that might work out. But I think it's important, we as parents, me as an entrepreneur, I take risks all the time. I'm probably a little bit more risk-friendly, um, I guess, than other people. But it's important to, to, to put people and kids in a situation that they may be uncomfortable and give them a chance to maybe mm-hmm. fail but still come around and... and, 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 and Absolutely, absolutely. You know, unless you try something, you don't know if it's going to work or not work. And one of my favorite mantras is "leap and the net will follow." And so I've, I've just tried to live by that. That you just you try something, and and when it's done, whether you thought it was successful or maybe not as successful as you thought it was going to be, there's something that you can take away from that that's going to inform the next thing that you do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know. A lot of times when you take a risk, I know I've seen I've seen you do this in the theater. You try mm-hmm. something, and maybe it didn't work out the way that you thought it was going to, but something else completely different, but way incredible happened. You mm-hmm. know that, yeah, that you yeah. weren't even thinking about, and that, woo, okay, yeah, we can do that. We can use that. Yeah, we'll go with that. That yeah. works. That works. Mm-hmm. So, Noah, tell us a little bit about your experience in Spectrum Theater specifically. Let me think here. I don't really remember too much about it, to be perfectly honest. It's been a little while since then, but I just remember that there was a good number of pe- I just remember there was a good number of people that still do that were involved in it then, or still like involved today with theater stuff with you and I and things like mm-hmm. that. Which is as they're as they're aging, which is great. But I also just remember there was a lot of like. There were a good number of you and I, of Greta's students from the university helping out kids and stuff like that. And they were getting field experience and valuable information that could help them out when they're down the road in a few years from then. So did you, do you remember enjoying going? Or? Yeah, I do. I remember I was getting a little old. I was a little older than most people there, but it helped. It helped. It helped me more. It helped to express myself a little bit more. 
because of the just the, the yeah what just you were the doing whole, in theater the whole like social thing. So did theater help you become more social, or is because you're around people more like you? It was or? it helped me become more social. Okay. I think what contributes to the socialization is that you come to a, a Spectrum Youth Theater workshop on a Sunday, or you come to rehearsal, and someone me has done the the work of mapping out what we're going to do. Yeah. All right. I set up the activities, the games, the the drama stuff, all right, that provides the foundation for the interactions to mm-hmm. occur. So it takes that having to initiate mm-hmm. a social interaction out of the equation. It's organized. Because we're making a dramatic yeah. connection and the socialization grows out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing that informed the Spectrum Theater work as time went on, you know, I was telling you about these profile marker behaviors that I started with. Well, I was about two years into doing this work when a new one was identified. And that was, um, there was a, that young people on the autism spectrum were exhibiting with some frequency a lack of development of spontaneous pretend play. Mm. And when that one came to the surface, I was like, okay, now we're really speaking to me and what it is you know, I can do. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that they couldn't play pretend. They just didn't do it spontaneously, like neurotypically developing 18-month, 24-month, 36-month-old um, young people do. And so that, for me, was a big uh, turning point because it was like, all right, now I know I, theater and drama is really really at the heart of what um, can happen here for creating these connections between young people. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, what could directors in different places do to help people on the spectrum and stuff like that with theater? Well, I, I, I I'll tell you that when I go out mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I um, meet with people who are doing work, or and maybe it's when they contact me, you know, I email, or, you mm-hmm. know, could you come and talk to our group about the work that you're doing? It, You know, what I really try to stress is the fact that you just don't jump into this work. You know, that you've got to take time to read about and consider what autism is so that you can be thinking about how you need to place that population at the center of the work. It's, it's got to start with them, mm-hmm. all right? So here's an example I give to my students that are just starting off. Can I tell a story? Sure. All right, so... We're going to do a little thing here, okay? okay? So, Noah, I'm going to ask you to look at me and extend your right hand, okay? And now I'm going to ask you to curl your four fingers, and I'm going to ask you to put your thumb straight up, okay? And now I want you to hook fingers with me. No, these fingers here, okay? Now, all right, I want you to get me to put my thumb down, and I'm going to do the same thing. Now, you can't see us, of course, because this is a podcast, but he is engaging me in a rather ferocious game of thumb wrestling. Are you not? Yes. Okay. Boom. All right. Okay. And he got my thumb down. All right. Okay. So why did you start playing thumb wrestling? I didn't tell you to play thumb wrestling. I tried putting my thumb down, but then I realized that you needed a few other ways to get... Yeah. Okay. What I did is I set up the visual that most of the time when we see... Fingers locked like this and thumbs up and somebody says, okay, get your partner to put their thumb down. Boom, we go right into the game because mm-hmm. we associate this look with that activity. Yeah. But if you go back and you rewind the podcast, you'll see that I didn't say 
that's thumb wrestle, I mm-hmm. said, get your partner to put their thumb down. Yeah. So there's lots sure. of ways you could do that other than thumb wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could have asked me. Yeah. Or you could have said, I'll, I'll count to three, we'll both put our thumbs down. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. You could use right? the other hand. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I tell my students, all right, maybe this is how you're used to doing X. Mm-hmm. But because of the population we're going to work with, you've got to be able to think about X, not as X, but as Y and as Z and as Q and as R and as S, all these different possibilities so that you can keep offering what I call a point of entry Mm -hmm. for all of these young people who come to us with these multiple different talents and skills and gifts. That's excellent. What was the question? (laughs) (laughs) How did we come to this, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so you really had to, I call it changing your lens. Mm -hmm. Changing your lens. So some of the lens lens changing things that I had to modify, that I try to get other people to think about. So you got to put the population at the center, Mm -hmm. all right? Can you teach your drama lesson using fewer words than you normally would? Mm -hmm. Can you teach that lesson using short, concise sentences? Mm -hmm. How can you create a visual schedule for the lesson or the program or the event yeah. um, that you're going to do. Mm-hmm. How can you how can you create an activity that builds risk taking in small enough increments for your lowest risk takers? And then how can you do the majority of your activities with either no language or very little language or ways of substituting words as the only way of communicating? Yeah, you know, they, they've really got to think about the population. Have you worked with a lot of directors in other schools and other places on this type of topic? Um, I wouldn't say I've worked with a lot. You know, there aren't a whole lot of us. Um, it, it's difficult. You know, we're spread out. Okay. okay. I recently was in New York in April mm-hmm. for this amazing opportunity at the Lincoln Center. It was a week-long professional development symposium for directors and teaching artists who are engaged in doing drama and theater work that includes young people on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. all right and so at that for that week long symposium i was with 20 people who are at various stages in their careers of doing the work mm-hmm. um, that i am doing and and so in our discussions i was struck at times by the passion and artistry and dedication that everybody had. There's no doubt about that. But in terms of really having a, a foundation in understanding autism, I think that was where the, the weakness was. And I think that that was something that I could contribute to our conversation, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of helping them understand the population a little bit more. So that you're not, because what you don't want to do is replicate what somebody else does. Because what I do is successful for the kids that I work with. But it may not be successful for the kids that you, know, you work with or you work with or you work with. You mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. And when I've been hearing you talk about all this stuff, it's inter- it's interesting because I am now starting to see like you where you've put all of this stuff into like the theater itself, like during rehearsals and stuff like that. Like everything's starting just to click a little bit. Yeah. Can you give an example, Noah? Like the schedule, like the whole... S- the most obvious one was like the whole schedule thing you guys had Visual with the schedule. board. Visual schedule. Stuff like that. But yeah. like yeah. things of like how you block things and mm-hmm. certain certain things like that are more or you less. You know, 
this is one of my other sort of mantra things, and not everybody agrees with me when I say this, Mm -hmm. but I believe that best practices in drama and theater for young people on the spectrum is just best practices for kids. Mm -hmm. Boom. You know, a visual schedule is Mm -hmm. great for everybody. Yeah. You know? Yes, it's there because we have, you know, 25% of our participants are on the autism schedule, but the neurotypicals are coming over to check it out too because yeah. they don't remember what's going on. Yeah. Um, the use of video modeling, that would be another one mm-hmm. where we're videotaping scenes, we're videotaping entrances, we're videotaping young people rehearsing mm-hmm. so that they can log on to YouTube. They can, we can send it to them on their um, smartphone mm-hmm. and that's how they can rehearse their lines. Oh, I see. By hearing it over and over again because not all of my young people are good readers. Mm-hmm. And being a good reader or a bad reader or a weak reader, I should say, has nothing to do with whether you have autism or not. Mm-hmm. All right. Understanding the sequence of scenes. Yeah. You know, you can do that visually. You can do that using words. You can watch the movie. You can read the book. There's so many different ways mm-hmm. to access that story. Yeah. You know, I think that I'm getting better at rehearsal of using short direct directives. Mm-hmm. Um with all of the young people that I am directing. And then, you know, the other thing that I think happens, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, mm-hmm. is we talk all the time and we tell our kids, well, you should, you know, reach out and make friends with that person or you, you know, include this person, include this person. All right, okay, well, and they should. You're right, it's great. But kids, like adults, need to be taught how to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. All right? Uh, because... We're all a little anxious of something we don't understand or we don't know. Yeah. All right? So I don't know if you remember when you were doing Cinderella. Mm -hmm. All right? So you're in a scene. I think you were a mouse. Weren't you a mouse in one of the scenes? I don't remember. You were a mouse. (laughs) I'm almost positive you were a mouse. All right? Okay? So we've got kids with autism and kids without in that scene. All Mm -hmm. right? And they're all helping each other. Or I'm specifically saying, gee, Chris... Noah might get really excited opening night and he might forget it's his turn to come out. So could you just be the mm-hmm. person who's responsible for making sure that Noah and Charlie and Gabe and Samantha are all ready to go? Could you just be the leader of the mice? Mm-hmm. All right. So mm-hmm. that way I'm supporting Noah specifically mm-hmm. within this whole umbrella of mm-hmm. inclusion. And there yeah. it's peer it's 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 mm-hmm. peer modeling and it's peer leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we do that a lot. We do that a lot. Yeah. You know, and then there's that social thing that connects. Oh, well, you're my buddy on stage. And yeah. I know that you're not going to, you're, you're going to set me up to be successful. Yeah. You're not going to bite my face Boom. off. Yeah. 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 Sure. And then you've got something to talk about. At least you've got an introduction to each other. Yep. You know, there's a relationship there, you know, at least for that scene and, <clears throat> and backstage mm-hmm. before you come out to do that scene. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know, the other thing about drama and theater is that I I have no expectations for what a young person can or can't do. I, I mean, I don't assume that, oh, they won't be able to do that because they have autism, because they have Down syndrome, whatever. And that my job is to teach them. And it's, isn't it sometimes just miraculous mm-hmm. what happens? Yeah. All right. Do you remember when we did Cinderella mm-hmm. and Everett... Yeah. was the prince yeah and he danced with cinderella yeah okay 
Everett is um, an individual who is, has been a participant in our Spectrum Theater program. Mm-hmm. And his mom came up to me afterwards, and she goes, how did you get him to dance with that girl? <laughs> and I said, I asked him. I, it never occurred to me that he wouldn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You know? So, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's also so, like a power of a non-parent asking a child to do something yeah. too. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is true. That is true. That's a little bit how we wrangle these guys to get into theater to begin with. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but that's pretty cool that you just don't assume. You can just ask first mm-hmm. and not make any yeah. assumptions of what can yeah. and cannot be done. Or I really need you to do this. Or you're the only one who can do this. And I know you've not done this before, but mm-hmm. I'm going to show you. Yeah. I mean, I can think of an example where um, you know one of our participants, uh, heights were a thing. Yeah. All right. And then there he is playing Wiley up in the tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and mom's like, how did you get him to do that? I didn't get him to do that. Wiley had to do that. You know, it, 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 the, yeah. the theater is kind of magical for that kind of yeah. stuff. Theater and drama are kind of magical for, for that sure. kind of stuff. For sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So probably the last question I'm thinking about here, how is... How is this whole like spectrum theater Sturgis working with people on the spectrum? How has that changed you as like a person slash educator? Well, I talked a little bit how it changed me as an educator that I really had to change my lens. Mm-hmm. All right, and it it made me a better educator because it um, it prompted me, it gave me the opportunity to learn, and now I can't think of teaching any other way to put the kids at the center yeah. of the lesson rather than the drama. Um, or, or the theater lesson itself. The content became, that was secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, the population came first. So certainly that, and as you can tell when I get excited, I'm using a lot of words, a lot of energy and stuff. I had to really sort of, fewer words, mm-hmm. and be much more mindful yeah. in my teaching. As a person, it has opened up, it has enlarged me. Mm-hmm. As a person, I mean, I you know you guys know I'm passionate about theater and drama and passionate about kids doing drama and theater. But this working with young people on the autism spectrum has truly enlarged me because you, know, you can talk about how great it is for kids to do drama and theater, mm-hmm. and then you see how uber great it is. <laughs> yeah. You know when you start using it um, with this population in both specific and inclusive settings, and mm-hmm. they. Um, you know, the, the, the personal impact that it makes um, on them and their families. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of my favorite things about the Sturgis Youth Theater is, one, the kids, uh, they get to play multiple roles. Yeah. So there's not one Cinderella, there's four or five or six Cinderellas, yep. Yep. which gives more people a chance. It does. It takes the pressure off of that one person. It does. And it's, it's really fun for, I know our kids have really enjoyed getting to play several different characters. And I think they enjoy seeing others do the role and then that models ideas mm-hmm. for something that they can do as well. So, yeah, there's a really nice um, synergy of mm-hmm. creative stuff that happens as a result of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and then another thing is uh, always the Sunday afternoon after the last performance, there's always the kids that are crying 
that are leaving because they're so upset because they've enjoyed the experience so much. And it's not just the, the, the actors, it's also the your staff members, yeah. too, the, the college students yeah. that stick around and help out. Because I, I know just in talking with them, and they, they're getting as much out of the experience as the kids a lot of they're times. probably getting more. Yeah, we really yeah. come together as a community. I mean, it really is, it's... It's a community for four weeks, mm-hmm. and um, you know, there's a lot of sharing that happens, not just mm-hmm. artistically, but emotionally and socially and creatively mm-hmm. and physically, and we try to make it fun. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And they meet new people, and they get to work across age levels, which I think is always really mm-hmm. inspiring. Yeah. You know, and you must feel that a little bit now that you're one of the older ones. Yeah. You know, it's it's cool helping the mm-hmm. younger ones out. For sure. Isn't it? And kind yeah. of, you know, having this um, a sense of, of a place and, you know, you're kind of an expert in your little niche there, yeah. you know, and uh, they look up to you and that's really empowering, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that leadership stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, maybe talk a little bit about what you've been doing the last two or three years at the, at the Sturgis Youth Theater. Okay, sure. I've been doing tech stuff, like helping do set construction and helping out the past few years. Like I was on headset a few years ago with like with certain like cues and stuff like that during the shows or helping out like getting kids their props and stuff like that on the props table backstage before they before they come in or whatever like that so it's been fun so you transitioned from being an actor to being an intern to being paid paid staff staff now so this is this is technically your first paid paid gig yeah Yeah, second year you know and when you when I retire and I look back Sturgis Youth Theater and Spectrum Theater I think the thing one of the things that I'll be most proud Mm of is the number of young people on the autism spectrum, who started as participants in our workshops and transitioned to being actors in productions, mm-hmm. who enjoyed it so much they wanted to be interns, and then who ended up being employed yeah. by the theater. I, mm-hmm. You know, of the 50 kids that are participating as performers, mm-hmm. slightly over 25% have been identified to me as an individual with autism or some other developmental delay. In terms of the staff, it's even a larger Mm -hmm. proportion. I would say a third of our staff, um, Mm -hmm. inching close to 50%, 40% maybe, are all um, teens with um, developmental delays or autism. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that is an important next step for our entire community, is that these... Young people, I mean, I'm working with school-age individuals, but yeah. they're going to graduate from high school. Mm-hmm. Some will go to college, some will not. And and I think it's our job, our responsibility as a community to find ways to um, embrace them in uh, by giving them meaningful things to contribute. I mean, everybody wants to contribute. Everybody exactly. wants to belong to something. Yeah. You know, and... <laughs> We talked about Jonathan at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. He works for me every summer. Okay. He's still working for me. He's going to turn 26 years old mm-hmm. next week. And John has been participating in Summer Sturgis Youth Theater and Spectrum Theater things since he was 12. So, uh, so yeah. Mm. yeah. He's been along for the ride the entire time. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's that. Those are the things that I'm, I'm most happy about and proud of in terms of what yeah. theater and drama has done for supporting young people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So now what is what is Greta and the drama program meant to you? 
just kind of just a way for me to express myself. Made friends that way, kind of opened my eyes a little bit to new, to some new things that I've done. I've done some high school theater stuff, and I've seen something that I never would have done if it wasn't for meeting her and doing things with her. Mm-hmm. So that's opened up more doors and stuff like that too. And you've made some friends, yeah, there that you still keep track, keep uh, in touch mm-hmm. with. Yep, pretty long term friends. That's good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you guys look forward to it all year. Yeah. Pretty much. You even helped, uh, you were a dramaturg. Helped out point. with, like, yeah, helping out, like, decide, decide what the play was going to be and stuff like that. I think that's how we lured you in. <laughs> yeah. That yes. was. All right. This is, it was the first taste of the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just, yeah. yeah. Tyann yeah, and Greta were kind of in, in we on were. that. Yeah. We were. We were. But it was a good thing. It was yeah. a good thing. You know, and um, I was happy to do that. That was part yeah. of it. That was how we were going to get you involved then. Mm-hmm. By golly, we'll just do it. Yeah. So, now, what, what advice would you have for other people on the spectrum and in, in about theater? What, what, you, what would you say if they had an opportunity to, to do something like this? Try it. Doesn't if it goes if it goes well it goes well if it doesn't go well it doesn't go well. I mean you still tried it got a little taste of it. And, and would should you should they try it just once or do you think they should give it a little bit of time? I think like they should give it a little bit of time. So if the first time isn't maybe the best. Yeah, I mean it really depends on the person too. Sure. For that. Yeah, and, and from my perspective as a parent, I think it's. Yeah, we always are looking for opportunities for our kids to participate in some activity. So something like this, we were very excited to, to try out. Now, it, we, we didn't try it out with Isaac, but he always comes in and... He does. And he'll, he does. And it would be interesting to see if he could even make it through, like, even in Spectrum Theater Day. But part of that for us is that's his respite time. I know, and I do not want to come between him and the rec center. I, I really don't, you know. But at some yeah. point, we'll have a program for Isaac. And yeah, and he did come to. I think it was Wonderland. I think he did come to the actual he performance came with his class. Yeah. And uh, he, based on what I was seeing, he seemed engaged and having yeah. fun and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, and he knows how the elevators work in he, the building. You know, he's great. He's so. he's absolutely great. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, no, it's all good. It's all wonderful. Okay, anything else to add, Noah? Uh, You'd no. like to add? No. Okay. Greta, anything else? So, you guys were great. You were fun to talk to. Good questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, It was very dramatic. <laughs> I'll see you at the theater. Yeah, I'll see you on Thursday. Woo-hoo. Yes, you will. All right. Big thanks to Greta for joining us in this episode. It was great to hear her perspective on how she got started with integrating autism into her, her Sturgis Youth Theater and this Autism Spectrum Theater. That was pretty cool. We ran into Jonathan, actually, at a local theater production this weekend. It was very good to see him there. And this weekend, the Sturgis Youth Theater is doing their production of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Our kids are involved in that, and I'm very excited to see how that turns out. Thanks again for listening. If you know of anyone who might benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it with them. To learn more about us, go to autisminthewild.com. Until next time. Thanks for listening 